Thanks for joining me for another episode of Accented the Podcast. In each episode, you will hear a fascinating story from one of our guests. And yes, it is real. This series is aimed at English learners who want to improve their listening comprehension by listening to a variety of accents. In today's episode, you'll be hearing from Lena, who is originally from Poland and now currently lives in the USA. Thanks for joining me for episode number 26. I'm excited about this episode because I am interviewing another podcast host who has a very similar podcast to mine, and her podcast is called The Accented World. Lena is a qualified speech pathologist, and she has some insightful information about accents and how to change your accent. Now, that's something that's very interesting. As I've mentioned before, I have a lot of students who want to change their accents. And she discusses the reasons why some people want to change their accent. When you're an adult, it is quite hard to change your accent. And I guess that's one of the reasons why I have this podcast is because it's to try to inspire and encourage people to communicate and speak in English and not be embarrassed because I really enjoy uh, listening to people's accents. Lena and I both agree that it's important that people understand you when you speak. So I won't go too much into uh, the interview as you're going to hear it shortly. Here's some vocabulary I want to go through. The word thrive is used. Now, when you are thriving at something or a skill, that means you're doing really well. So you could also have a plant that is thriving. You're feeding this plant every day and it's actually doing better than what you originally thought it would. Here are some phrases that were used. I like how Lena says it's part of how we are wired. Now, when you say that, to say that someone is wired, it's like think of your brain and think of an electronic, uh, like a computer, and there are wires in there that make it work. So our brain is like a computer or an electronic gadget. Uh, what's inside, there are little wires that make it work. So our brain has wires. And it's a common phrase that people could say, it's part of how we are wired. Well, that's the way our mind works. That's the way all of our brains work. So when Lena says that, that's part of how we are wired. Well, that's how we were created. Another phrase is go at your own pace. Now, when somebody says that, if you were to go at your own pace, that means that you're not going to look at other people and see how they are doing things. You're going to do it at your speed. So somebody else could go a lot faster than you or someone might go slower than you. Your own pace is how long it takes you. So if you're going to go at your own pace, you're not comparing yourself to anybody else. 
I'm going to jump right into the interview right now. But if you have any questions about any words used in this podcast, please send me an email or even write a comment on Instagram. I'm happy to help you out. On today's episode, I'm interviewing Lena Levinsky. She is a speech pathologist, an accent coach, and she also is the host of The Accented World. Thank you for coming on Accented. Well, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes. So I am, like you said, a speech language pathologist and an accent coach. So I help people to speak English with clarity and confidence, uh, specializing in American accent, as you can hear. And uh, yes, and I also host the Accent or World podcast where I interview immigrants, first generation and world citizens who are inspirational um, and successful in the hopes of inspiring the immigrant community to dream big and pursue their dreams in their life, career, and business, and to really um, reduce the stigma, the negative stigma around immigration, which seems to be um, increasingly so around, at least here in the United States, based on the political events over the last few years. Um, So yeah, that's the goal of the podcast. And I forgot to mention that you actually are an immigrant yourself. You're originally from Poland. Yes, I am. Mm -hmm. I moved to the United States. Yes. When I was almost 15 years old and I actually, when I first moved here, I didn't, I mean, I spoke English based on what I learned in school, but that wasn't enough for me to be fluent or to be proficient in the language. So when I first moved here, I went to a high school where nobody spoke English. So I learned fairly, uh, not voice spoke English, I spoke Polish. So I had to learn fairly quickly in order to really survive and thrive because I couldn't communicate with anybody. So within a few months, I would say about six months, I became fluent. And over the next few years, about two years, I modified my own accent to fit in with my friends. Wow. How did you modify your accent? Now I know because I'm a speech pathologist and I learned in school, but I had no idea how I did it when I was doing it, to be honest with you. It was very subconscious. But what I would do looking back now, I would work on my pronunciation. So the, the vowels, especially that were really difficult for me to produce, like the the ooh vowel, like in food, or the uh, the book. I could not say that. Because in Polish, you have nine vowels. In, in American English, you have 21. So there just were so many of them that I was mispronouncing. So I worked really tirelessly to get the vowels, um, to get them down so I produced them correctly, and then worked on my pronunciation in general, learned the consonants. And because I was so immersed in the language, I was speaking it more than I was speaking Polish. I mean, I only spoke Polish in a home because back then it was before social media and it wasn't that easy to contact your friends, uh, my friends back in Poland. So majority of my time I spoke English. So because of that immersion, I think that helped me the most to modify my accent. And what about your clients? Do they want to modify their accent when they come to you? Yes. 
So it's it's a very I would say the it's a varied request based on what people want to do. But a lot of the times people who come through, they want to speak like native speakers. So that's one of the most commonly requested uh, things or maybe services that they would like. Um, but what I like to do with, with my clients, depending on their age, but a lot of my clients are usually, you know, over 20 years old or 30 years old. So I explain to them the critical period of language development, where after we're really seven or eight years old, it's really hard for us to learn a language like it's our native language. I mean, I learned to modify my accent when I was 15, and it's still not perfect. I still make a lot of mistakes. So I try to coach them to change their mindset, to set themselves up to become really great speakers. So they speak clearly and confidently and not necessarily set themselves up to just become, you know, kind of native speakers of English or speak like native speakers. I'm not a perfect English speaker. I make mistakes. Uh, when I'm speaking English. And that's what I try and tell my students is that when you're speaking, it's completely different to when you're writing. I can spend uh, days working on an assignment and editing my work and going over it so that my written work has no mistakes. Yet when I'm speaking, I'm speaking so quickly that my train of thought could change and I make a mistake. And it's, it's quite normal for uh, English speakers to make mistakes themselves as well. Of course. It's just part of how we are wired. And it's actually, we all have accents, whether you're from Australia, whether you're from New York, whether you're from California or Alabama, you're going to speak differently. So accents are something that is very natural based on where you're from. So this negative connotation um, against accented speakers, it starts somewhere. And it, it is out there in society uh, because there's actually been studies done to show that people who are accented, sometimes they are discriminated against. So I think, you know, that's part of that um, fear that natives, non-native speakers have that if they have this accent, then they're going to suffer because of it, because they're going to be judged differently. But they don't realize that we all make mistakes, whether you're a native speaker or non-native speakers, it's just part of who you are. So tell us a little bit about the course that you're about to release. You're doing a course online. Yes, it's called the Accent Edit, and it's it's a, an accent course where I hope to help people speak English with clarity and confidence. So I'll be sharing um, the accent modification formula that I believe will help you reduce your accent to a point where you can feel comfortable and confident to speak English the way that you would like to. And... I definitely highlight in there that it's not a course to speak like a native speaker. It's really a course to help you boost your confidence and to learn how to speak English or modify some of the mistakes that you're making to help you more, be more intelligible and help you um, communicate in a way that you wish to communicate. So that's the course and it's going to be a digital course. So everything will be pre-recorded and ready for you so you can go at your own pace. Oh, that's great. I guess people in Australia, they don't have to get up in the middle of the night so they can do yes. it at any time they like. 
Yes, exactly. But it is an American English based course. So unless my Australian friends would like to learn the rules of American English, I, a lot of them are very similar. But obviously, I'm, Australian English has some different rules and some different pronunciation. So it depending, depends on what your preference for accents is. So um, it's all based on pronunciation. No, pronunciation is just a part of it. There is there is also the auditory training part, which I think is the basis of accent modification. There is also prosody, which learning the rhythm of English is often overlooked in pronunciation classes or English classes in general. And understanding how the language flows is a key in order to sound more natural. And there's also the piece of American culture and nonverbal language, because um, that's also something that is used in everyday conversation. And I think it's important to know as well. There's not too much difference, I think, between Australian and, and American English. Right. Except for like things like can, I notice. <laughs> How do you say can? Can, can I can? Um, and can't I say can't? That, I that's can't. a big one. Yeah, I can't. can't. Yeah, that's <laughs> the air. We like the air a lot, <laughs> especially in New York for sure. The ah, uh, those vowels are very accented here. But but you're right. I find that Amer- uh, Australian English it's closer to American English than British. British is, um, I think, their the way that they're stressed their words. It's very different. Their intonation is very different from American English. And the um, there is one thing also in Australian and British English. The R is not always pronounced, and in American English it is. So there's like really? a few, mm-hmm, there's a few subtle differences here and there um, that are, I guess, make the accent very different. Look, I, I think it's it's very easy for me to understand an American. I don't think, uh, it depends. Maybe there's a state that I would be very like, wow, what are you saying? Yeah. Um, but generally, Americans are quite easy to understand. It's just the word choices that yes. you use that sometimes, like I said to an American friend, when I was living in Italy, I said, oh, I'll prank you when I'm outside your house. And she was like, she had to use context (laughs) clues, which I tell all my friends to use, which is good. And she got it. She was like, I think you're going to ring me on the telephone. And I said, yeah. It's a very different meeting here for sure. It's like play a trick on somebody. I'll prank you. Well, that's that's where I think it comes from because if you prank someone on the phone, you're ringing them and you're making a joke or you're hanging up on them. So right. that's why we use it. We say, I'll prank you. I'll ring and hang oh, up. Oh, that's what it <laughs> means. I didn't know that. It's so interesting. Yeah. So we do shorten things. But the other things um, like sweater and you guys say yeah. sweater and I sweater. say yeah. <laughs> but we say jumper. So I'm like, oh, it's quite cold. I need to get my jumper. Or, yeah, um, I think that's a British influence there for sure. When I lived in Paris, I was using American English because people wouldn't understand me. So to say things like candy or which we say lollies, Um, I had to say peppers, we call it a a capsicum. So all these words I had to change when I was living in Paris when I spoke English. It was crazy. But but that's so interesting because I would have thought that in Paris, the influence, the English influence would have been from Great Britain, which I guess coincides with that vocabulary a little bit more. Um, But apparently it's American English. I had no idea. 
I found my husband knew more American English words, maybe because of the television, I don't know. But um, now he's completely Aussie, which is great. And I love his <laughs> accent because he does do the no, Australian no. That's, that's, when I hear my students yeah. do that no, I'm like, oh, you've got the Aussie accent. That's fantastic. Beautiful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. Well, it should be influenced by the way you're learning how to say things, um, which I think it's great if you're adapting to where you live, you know, then definitely go with the Aussie accent if you are in in Australia, 100%. Um, yeah. But I think television-wise, just – United States, I mean, there's just so many Hollywood movie, movies and TV shows that are all over the world, which I guess this is where that immersion comes through. Because if you're watching American TV, then you'll be listening to it a lot. And I think the, you know, it's kind of the, um, it's out there a lot. There's so many shows and movies all over the world that are influenced from the United States. So, oh, definitely. And I know. think, and this is what I try to teach my students uh, more of if you're listening to somebody and you can't understand them or just just look for the context yes. and I do that a lot in French I don't understand a word like I might not even know a word and someone's speaking to me and I just try and go what is the context of this conversation it must mean this a hundred percent that's the best way of going around um understanding the language, even if you're not familiar with all the words. And it's so easy to pick up contextual clues once you know what to look for. So that's a great, great tip for sure. And I think as speakers, we need to make sure we give as much information as possible because sometimes when someone would come up to me in France and just start speaking, I'd be like, I don't even know what context this is. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. That happened to me when I was living in Spain and I was learning the language. I mean, sometimes I I just had no idea. And do you also find that your processing is slower when you are code switching? Because to me, even in English, that happens to me. We're talking right now. And if somebody was to come in through the door and say something to me in English, it would take me a few seconds to even understand what they're saying. So it's it's like an a interesting phenomenon that happens with bilinguals and trilinguals and so on and so forth. Oh, definitely. It's actually yeah. quite funny even watching my husband the other day and we had a French family over and then he's like, what's the word in French? And I'm like, oh, my goodness, like that's your first language, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah. 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 Just- I- I like to think of vocabulary knowledge kind of like um, like a drawer, right? So you have like a sock drawer. So when you open it up in the front, you have all of your favorite socks that you use all the time. But once in a while, you need to reach in further down to find that special socks that you want to wear. And that's kind of like with our vocabulary. Like you need to search for it. It's not easy to grab those words that we don't use every day. It takes definitely some some power to do that, some brain power. So that happens a lot with vocabulary that you don't use. Um, you just have to look for it a little bit harder, especially I think if you're bilingual and trilingual, just because you have so many more words to search from. Yeah. Well, that's a really good point. I like that. I think I'm going to use that with my students. Some of them will just learn, oh, I'm learning 50 words this week. I say to them, you can't learn 50 words this week. <laughs> 
What you need to do, can you try five words and actually use those words in your writing, in your speaking, and I ask them to choose the words from their subjects from high school that they're using in class and actually try and answer a question with that word. (laughs) Yes. I was like, please don't just learn 50 words. You are wasting your time. Exactly. Exactly. And this is not how you become fluent or proficient in a language. Not at all. I feel like this idea of just learning vocabulary words, it's something something that we um, l- like picked up from school for some reason, or that yeah. you can learn English or another language from a textbook. Don't just do that. You need to look for so many different ways. You have to listen for the language, listen to podcasts or anything like that. There are so many different ways of learning a language and a lot of people just stick to that textbook definition and it's just doing themselves such a disservice. Yeah, and I found it was great when I was doing my French classes and I was learning in a very formal way. But even just going out and uh, going to parties or going out with French people, those times I would pick up more the colloquial language, Mm -hmm. which wasn't taught in the classroom. Yeah, and that's typically what you learn in, in class. And it's not incorrect. It is correct. Mm-hmm. And it kind of prepares you for the professional life. But, you know, it's it's awkward when you use it on the streets. So Exactly. Yeah. And it's true because if I hadn't learned that way in the classroom, how would I, if I wrote like I spoke, yeah. that my emails would look terrible as a professional. So it's it's important, but yet it's also it's also important to converse if you're living in the country. Um yes. you know, and be able to understand the lingo that everyone's using. Absolutely. It is so, so important to do that. Um but yeah, but great teachers like you know this, and it's not like a strict curriculum that you need to follow. There's so much informal learning that you need to do. Um, so it's great we have people like you teaching your students the correct way. I hope so. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been really great to talk about this because I think it's going to inspire some listeners and give them some ideas on what to do. And I will make sure to put the link to your course you. in the show notes. So, Lovely. And check out your podcast as well. That is awesome. The Accented World, go and have a listen, be inspired by immigrants who are learning English and yeah, just keep learning. Thank you so much for having me. I had such a good time and thank you for sharing your wonderful message. Um, I definitely found your podcast when I was naming my podcast because initially I was thinking of naming mine Accented and I was like, oh, look at that. There is an amazing podcast already with this name. And then um, I decided to go with Accented World, which I think is more fitting for my show anyways. But it's funny how how that worked out. It's uh, I, I feel like it's like the law of attraction that we eventually met and we got to talk, which is amazing. No, that is fantastic. I'm really glad you came on the show. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you. Have a lovely day. You too. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Accented. I'm your host, Kimberly Law. Accented is released on the 15th and 30th of each month. If you'd like to find out more about me, please head to kimslawofenglish.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts, so don't forget to leave a review of the podcast or even a star rating. Speak to you soon.